Hello, I'm Joe Honeyhockey, and welcome to The Heavenly Social, where I introduce you to our heavenly brothers and sisters. Today is an exciting first. Today, I am covering a blessed. I'll go over what that means more here in a minute. But before I do, I ask, do you experience persecution for your faith? Are you ostracized for being a faithful Christian? Well, then might I introduce you to the awesome, blessed Yusto Takiyama Yukon. Intro time. As I stated before, our friend here bears the title of blessed rather than saint. Why is this and what does it mean? Well, firstly, there are four titles assigned to those individuals whose cause for canonization are being reviewed, beginning with Servant of God, followed by Venerable, and then Blessed. While someone who bears any one of these three titles, they are allowed to be venerated at a local level, whether that be a local parish or some sort of apostolate. It isn't until the fourth stage where a blessed is canonized as a saint, uh, meaning that the church has declared them infallibly in heaven, uh, that they can be venerated across the universal church. And so and that's when they're, they're like put on the calendar and they have their feast days and you know such and such. And there's a lot that goes into the specific process, but in the case of Takiyama here, he only needs one miracle attributed to his intercession in order to become a declared saint. So maybe upon getting to know him a little better here, you might just feel inspired to ask for his help and his intercession. So what do you say? Let's see if we can get him to be a saint. Yeah? All right, with that introduction out of the way, let's actually dive into the story of Blessed Yusto Takiyama Yukon. As you may have guessed, Takiyama Yukon is a native of Japan. And as such, I'm going to be throwing some Japanese names at you. Now, I want you to be aware that I am confident in my ability to pronounce these names. For two reasons. One, I watch anime. Two, I, I have a friend from college who got a minor in Japanese. So, like I said, I'm pretty confident. Granted, what I'm going to be feeding you is some very Americanized Japanese. Meaning that while I am believable to an actual native Japanese speaker, what I am saying is wrong. But, alas, Takiyama Yukon. He was born in 1552. He was the son of a samurai, Takiyama Tomoteru. Now, quick note, as you may have just noticed, Japanese names are structured a little bit differently than, say, European names, where in Europe, one's full name goes the given name, followed then by your family name. In Japan, the convention is family name first, then your given name. So, to make things a little bit easier to follow when I'm talking about Takiyama Yukon's father, I'll just refer to him as the Elder Takiyama. I'm going to do my best to keep focus on the major players here, because Takiyama lived in an insanely turbulent time, 
known as the Sengoku period, uh, which was a period of a little less than 150 years of near-constant war. So there was a lot going on and a lot of people involved. He actually lived near the resolution of this period. And I gotta say, researching this has been fascinating. Because Takayama and his father are directly tied to three very powerful figures who are now known as the Three Unifiers of Japan. Their names are Oda Nobunaga, Toyotomi Hideyoshi, and Takugawa Ieyasu. Now, don't worry if you didn't quite grasp those names. They'll come up again later as they appear in Takayama's story. As I mentioned before, Takayama was born to a samurai, and as such, he was raised to be a samurai. Now, broadly speaking, the majority of samurai worked for local lords, which in feudal Japan, such a lord was known as a daimo. And during this time period, it was common that a daimo was also a samurai. So, that's some important context, and hopefully illustrates just how militaristic this period was. It happened to be during this time period that Christianity entered Japan, thanks to the efforts of Jesuit missionaries, uh, owing much of that effort to St. Francis Xavier. At this point in time, the Takayamas lived in the Sawa Castle, which was in uh, the Yamato province, uh, which is around the area of modern-day Osaka. Well, when this new religion made its way to a nearby city, the elder Takayama, who was a Buddhist, wanted to debate it. And as I'm sure you figured, the elder Takayama was convinced in the ways of Christianity by a man who actually happened to have been converted by St. Francis Xavier himself. So that's pretty darn cool. Well, the Takayamas afterwards were baptized in Sawa Castle. Uh, the year was 1564, and Takayama Yukon was only 12 at the time, and he ended up taking the baptized name of Yusto, and his father took the baptized name of Dario. A year later, the man that the two Takayamas served decided to murder the Shogun, which is kind of a big deal, since the Shogun was basically the big boss of Japan at the time. You see, during this period, the Emperor of Japan was merely a puppet, he had no real power. In this militaristic state, the shogun was effectively king. But specifically at this time, that being 1565 and in the years prior, the shogunate had really been losing its power uh, as the individual daimo had been gaining power and influence on their own. So with the ensuing conflict that resulted from this murder, the Takayama clan was entered into a war, where they eventually lost their castle and had to flee. Well, through their connections, the Takayamas came to work under the Wada clan in 1568. And I'm saying clan because listing the specific names would get super confusing if it isn't already. There's a lot of people dying, and there's a lot of other people jumping into the picture. Anyways, what's significant about this is this is the time when the father-son Takayama duo came under the service of Oda Nobunaga, the first of our unifiers. You see, 
the Wada clan directly served Nobunaga, who was a daimo. And so by the transitive property, the Takayamas served Nobunaga. Fast forward a few years, and the leader of the Wada clan was killed in battle. So his son took over. Well, apparently there was a lot of friction between him and the elder Takayama. So much so that they decided to kill each other. The elder Takayama was quicker to act, and in April of 1573, he rallied 15 samurai, including his son Yukon, who would have been 21 at the time, and a battle ensued. And according to several sources, our blessed Takayama Yukon faced the leader of the Wada clan and killed him during the fight, but not without taking several serious wounds himself. And as it goes, it's said that this was a pivotal point in his faith life, as this brush with death brought into perspective his own life. From then on, God became the ultimate master for Takayama Yukon. While in the earthly realm, he and his father now served a different fellow, named Araki Murashige, who still served the big daimo himself, Oda Nobunaga. In the wake of this event, the Takayama actually got to take charge of a new castle, Takatsuki Castle, which sadly only ruins of it exist today. But the year is now 1578, and wouldn't you know it, the Takayama's boss, Murashige, decides he's going to revolt against Nobunaga. Great. Takatsuki Castle, where the Takayamas are, sits right in between these two guys. So, basically what happens is Nobunaga knows that the Takayama are Christian, so he sends a priest to negotiate. Uh, actually, more like offering an ultimatum. The message was basically surrendering would benefit the church, while implying that continued resistance would result in persecution. The elder Takayama wanted to stand fast, as it's a samurai's duty to honor one's master. But Yukon wanted to save his people and the church, so he surrendered. Well, Nobunaga ended up succeeding in the overall fight, and actually rewarded Yukon by allowing him to remain in Takatsuki Castle, and actually granted him the lordship of an area which made our Takayama a daimo. Now, I should mention that uh, there is little to no mention of the elder Takayama beyond this point. Uh, w while we don't know hardly any details, it's understood that he retired, and we don't know if it's because of this event, but he retired and eventually passed away in 1596. Uh, so from this point forward, once again, just to kind of make things clear, when I say Takayama, I'm referring solely to the blessed Takayama Yukon. So, now our blessed Takayama is a daimo, and he immediately set about converting his fife to Christianity, which successfully saw the conversion of about 18,000 people uh, out of about a total of 25,000 people that lived in his realm and under his lordship. I think it might also be worth mentioning that, yes, Oda Nobunaga was a daimo, and Takayama Yukon was a daimo, 
but Nobunaga was like a greater daimo, like in the hierarchy. The hierarchy can be a little difficult to understand, but yeah, yeah. So he Nobunaga was just like a a higher lord than Takayama. Okay, so in June of 1582, Nobunaga was killed. Well, shoot. Well, that stirred into action our second great unifier, Toyotomi Hideyoshi. Hideyoshi followed a warpath to take vengeance out on the murderer of Nobunaga. And along this path, our very own Takayama joined his ranks. Over the course of the next two years and several battles, Hideyoshi transferred Takayama to serve as Daimo of Akashi. And Takayama ended up becoming a very trusted and loyal retainer to Hideyoshi. However, Hideyoshi began to have anti-Christian sentiments. Um, I think one there was one source that I, I found that actually said that one of the events that planted that seed of anti-Christian sentiments was at Nobunaga's funeral, wherein uh, Takayama refused to light the Buddhist incense as a part of that, that ceremony due to his own Christian uh, beliefs, which kind of rubbed Hideyoshi the wrong way. But anyways, in 1587, after the invasion of Kyushu, he ordered the daimo beneath him to renounce Christianity. Um, Yukon obviously refused. And instead, he opted to give up his title of daimo, his land and all of the wealth that came with that, he basically gave up everything. He found it absolutely unthinkable to renounce faith in God. Now remember, Takayama was a samurai, and honor and fealty to one's masters at the forefront of the samurai code. So, from the strict viewpoint of a samurai, this was very disgraceful, and actually would have been detrimental to him. Uh, but, kind of the, the events that happened next, I believe, illustrates how noble Takayama Yukon's character was, and how valuable he was viewed by his peers. Because you see, in the following year, 1588, Takayama was accepted as a retainer to the Maida clan, which was a really big deal, as they were the second most powerful clan after Hideyoshi, and even after the, the third unifier, Tokugawa. Uh, but because of how powerful the, the Maida clan was, that's why Takayama and uh, the Christians underneath him and uh, you know, underneath the Maida clan were protected from Hideyoshi's persecutions. But that only lasted for so long, because this brings me to the final unifier of Japan, and arguably the most impactful. Tokugawa Ieyasu. 1598 saw the rise of his power, and in 1603, Tokugawa Ieyasu actually re-established the shogunate. So during the prior decades, uh, the shogun was absent. The, it was all kind of a power struggle amongst the daimo. So just to illustrate also how impactful this guy was, his shogunate, the Tokugawa shogunate, lasted until 1868 basically when Imperial Japan kind of took over and imperialism uh, kind of became the law of the land. Alas, with being a shogun and bringing an end to the turbulent Sengoku period, 
I, I should note that Takagawa brought about an immense era of peace known as the Edo period. Was, he ended up using his authority to outlaw Christianity in 1614. So he required the missionaries and anybody who refused to renounce their faith to leave. The leader of the Maida clan at the time was actually worried that Takayama would fight the edict. Um, but instead, he accepted exile to Manila. And I would actually like to use that to, to point out that Takayama actually had a personal relationship with these leaders. He was a samurai who guarded the leader of the Maida clan and anybody that he was a retainer for prior. These are people that he personally knew, but he remained true to his faith beyond all of that. What normally would have been a, an 11 day journey ended up taking 44 days. So that led to a lot of starvation and sickness aboard the vessel. Upon landing in Manila, Takayama and those with him were graciously housed and, and brought in and taken care of. They were even treated to a parade in celebration of Takayama's notable military service. However, the journey proved to have been too much for him, and 40 days after landing in Manila, on February 3rd of 1615, Takayama passed away and was united with the Lord. And to this day, he remains the only samurai to be buried on Filipino soil. <laughs> There's actually quite a bit of information about this time period, and it is fascinating, to say the least. I had to gloss over quite a bit in order to focus on Takayama, but hopefully I was able to capture just how big it was for him to have remained devout. Actually... I'd like to take just a little bit more time to really hammer this in. Because he was a samurai. He was raised to be a samurai. An occupation that had been around for hundreds of years at that point, And was well established. And while the samurai didn't actually have a written code that they had to follow. This was part of the culture. Like It was part of how a samurai was raised. It was in their blood, this code, this warrior's code. To be a samurai required amount of discipline. And remember that to a samurai, honor is everything. You may have heard the term seppuku, or ritual suicide, in the event of uh, someone dishonoring their master. So to a samurai, it was actually better to kill themselves than to live in shame. Honor is a big deal. So to me, it is so cool then to see that Takayama clearly determined that God was his true master. And he accepted that wholeheartedly. So of course he would never renounce God, because to do that would be disgraceful to his master. And would have ultimately brought shame upon him and his family, which is unthinkable for a samurai. To live like that, though, isn't easy. Takayama lived during a time of violent persecution, and as if things weren't difficult enough for him, he personally knew the daimo of the time, having been one himself. He personally knew Nobunaga, Hideyoshi, and Tokugawa. He was witnessed by these men and the other daimo 
to have remained steadfast to his true master. As a samurai is willing to die for his master, that's precisely what Takayama displayed, both in a literal sense and in a more figurative one. Dying to self by giving up his title of Daimo and giving up all of his material possessions. But see, given the arduous nature of the exile that was laid out by Tokugawa, our blessed Takayama was declared a martyr and was beatified February 7th of 2017. So to close things out, I'd like to offer you a prayer I found to blessed Takayama. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. God, in your wonderful providence, you have chosen Yusto Takayama Yukon to be a singular promoter of your kingdom and an undaunted witness to the Catholic faith. Reward, we beseech you, his zeal for your glory, and graciously grant us what we humbly ask through his intervention. Grant us also that, following his example, we may bravely bear all trials for the sake of our holy Catholic faith. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. To all of you facing persecution for your faith, might I encourage you to befriend Takayama Yukon. By his example, may we all face our struggles with the spirit and composure of a samurai. And remember, stay resolute in the faith. And one day, someone may just tell your story. See you next time. Outro. As I've read, apparently, Takayama was like legendary in performing the tea ceremony. So, I, I admit I don't really know the significance of that but apparently it's a big deal. They even treated uh, the the Filipino people, even treated them... Mm. So, maybe building off of the whole lesser-known saint thing, how about next time I talk about someone you may not have even realized was a saint? Ooh. Stay tuned and find out. <laughs>